Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I just want you to today envision what it would be like to know that everything's already been won. You know, we went and watched the little you girls stink it up yesterday and they couldn't make any baskets so they you know second place is the first loser so they got they got second place in that game and and but you know in life part of living happy Come on, smile at me, because I just then said the word happy. That's your cue to smile. Is knowing that the team you're on already won. And so I propose the biggest struggle is that we create a battle out of something we heard that wasn't him. See, because truth has a component to it that's freedom. So when I hear truth and I believe truth, that's the issue. So if we all had this, someone in our childhood didn't see us, know us, understand us. They were probably just trying to hunt down some meat to eat, feed you. And they got so busy with that, they forgot you were a human being, right? And they got caught up in another agenda, right? And so they hurt you. They stepped on your toe. You know, I wish we were like puppies and dogs. I step on, my old dog is little, and she's in the way a lot, and so I step on her feet a lot. And she just yells and runs to me. So I can kiss on it and we can make up. Do you see, we as humans, we, don't, we didn't learn that very good. Right? We, and so then we gave ourselves a message. My hurts are bad. My needs are even worse. Like, let's get rid of those. Those are not even on the table. Right? And so then we grew up thinking everybody else just feels the same way. So even when God sticks you in your God-appointed family... You went out thinking you were great in all those other places, right? Remember when you tried it all? Even when God stick, you still think everyone around in the family is going to do the same thing. And so then that creates a battle, right? Right? So let's talk about a couple of things. I have been reading this new book that we might do next. It's called Supernatural Creativity. And it's called Cre. I, I've already said this to y'all, and y'all are acting like y'all I haven't heard it before. But it's okay. I know. No, I can't tell if you're whooping because it sounds good or it, you've heard it before. Anyway, creating with God for restorative impact. Yes! Who wants to make an impact on the planet? Listen, that's my number one thing. I didn't come here to be a consumer. How many used to be a consumer? Great. Glad you know it. How many found out that wasn't fun, right? And then you, and then you figured out, wow, impact is better. 
And then you try, have you tried that impact on people that weren't ready and then that didn't work out right? Right? It's, I love how it works out for us. We just come to a realization, I was a consumer. Remember that day? You're like, whoa. I, everything I did was just for me. It was just about me. I was on my mind. I didn't, and then I'm like, poo you, I don't want that anymore, right? Right? And so then you think, well, I could do something with this piece of breath I've got, right? These moving parts, look, they do all kinds of stuff, right? Did you know that you can be good at anything? And so that's why it's really important that we understand the strategery of God at the timing you're here. Right now, where whatever you're doing, let's just use one life. Whatever function you're doing in one life, he planned it. Yes. You didn't miss him. Your wife didn't make you stop doing something, made you do something else. Your friends didn't, you know, you, the house you're living in, the place you're at right now, God planned it. Part of life is coming to the realization I need to make where he planted me better before I get planted someplace else. Really, we spend a lot of our time wanting to just be someplace different so we can be the thing we want to be. This is it. This is it. The best thing you can do for yourself is act like this is it. You're never moving from this place. This, whatever you're doing right now, you're going to do this till Jesus comes back. So you better get in there and learn it. I'm saying this for my media team right now. You better get in there and learn it because no one's coming by to train you any different. And it's not good. So we need to fix it. Right? Right? That, that's impact. That's saying I learned something that makes an impact on the planet. It, see, that's why he said don't despise small beginnings. Listen, I've been to big churches. I was on staff at big churches. 10,000 people churches. It doesn't matter. I don't care where you were on staff at, what you thought you were doing. I don't care where you used to work, what ministry you went out and hunted with. I don't care. This is where he's planted you now. And so your impact comes from your realization that I got tools right now. I got people right now. I got something to do right now. Otherwise, it's just a waste of time. That's why I always say, go find some place that you will do that with. Right? Because we don't want to be, remember that, that little video I showed you where the guy was at the car, in the back of the cart and he had his heels in the back of the cart? He's still part of the team. But he's slowing everything down by his stinky attitude. Remember, it was just an attitude. What is an attitude? Just a way I think, and I get to express it with my little mouth. Right? So this is what Jill, this book, I pulled out this snippet. She says, performance says you must continually strive to be better than you are. I don't have a slide for this, so just listen to my words. Watch my mouth. Okay, right here. Performance says, how many know they came from a place of performance, right? <laughs> Performing to what? It's kind of like a dog and pony show. Yeah. Performing to someone throw some gift in there what, of, of acknowledgement, yeah. of support, of telling me my, it's my purpose. Yes, none of that. See, if I don't know my identity, remember everything about spiritual warfare is about my identity yes. as a daughter, yeah. right? 
To the degree you know your identity is the degree that you will war from victory. And it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Okay, see, y'all are struggling, I can tell. Warfare is fun with God because we already won. The part that's such a struggle is that you're just not very good at it. Okay? You don't hate on your little children when they don't do something good, right? Right? Think about it. Some of y'all are like in kindergarten with spiritual warfare. Why? Because you didn't know it was a thing. You thought we got to slide through the life and nothing bad would happen, right? In fact, all the best that's happening is people. And then, and then that, that stupid scripture, you know, you, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, and you're like, well, who is it then? Right? Because remember what it says. Oh, let's, let's finish her comment. Don't let me forget. I'm going to go back and talk about what Lou's agenda is, if in case I forget. See, if you don't have notes, you don't know where you're at. Performance says you must continually strive to be better than you are, not from a healthy sense of personal growth and maturity, but because the familiar whip of failure might strike at any moment. (laughs) That's it, right? Performance bears the scars of not being enough. Our destiny is not based on our performance. It's based on our... Surrender. So that tells us something about God's form of destiny. Everybody said they wanted to make an impact. And it's your destiny that God designed to impact the planet. If you stick performance in place of your destiny, you're only going to impact you. And it won't be a good impact on you. It won't be because you'll measure everything else later by that little taste of performance that you clearly didn't get more promotions in. Remember, God's destiny, he funds, he favors, he opens doors. It's an indicator. I'm not in my destiny of impact Right? Are you with me? But see, it's so relational. You have to know what he's thinking. I mean, listen to me. People get stuck in hanging on to something that they heard when they were 10, 11, 12, 30, 40, whatever, 20, 30, 40, and it never was it. It's rough. That is, you're going to miss your chance for impact. Right? So it's based on surrender. Say that again. My destiny is based on surrender. Do you know how to surrender? Do you know how to surrender? Do you know how to surrender? That's a good question to ask yourself. Do I really know how to surrender? Right? If somebody walked in here with a gun and they said surrender, they would tell you what they wanted you to surrender. Your billfold, your watch. What are they wanting you to surrender? Something that's valuable. Right? See, that's what the enemy's doing. He wanted you to surrender 
your valuable destiny of impact for a counterfeit of performance. That's what the enemy's doing. He hoodwinked you. How many years have we been on that? Right? See, he knows why you're here. He knows why he put you here. And in the destiny that he provided for you, he provided victory. And he also provided a way to help you maintain victory. Because the enemy came to what? Kill. He's the enemy's focus is on destruction of any part of hope that has to do with your destiny. And the, one of the ways he does that is he gets us focused on something that's not it. And it's usually something that has to do with performance or personal comfort. Right? We've all learned this already, right? A couple more lines. Because our confidence is in Christ and our competence comes from God. We can rest assured that man's rejection has no bearing on us. In fact, you can expect it. Because the seed of your destiny attracts a conflict. You're, you're just the fact that this is your time. Now see, I think it's kind of a cool thing that we have an enemy. Think about it like this, okay? So God created Lucifer. He's a created being, right? And I believe, and we've, I've told you, I'm sure, several versions of this, but over time, we've come to understand why he was so jealous. You know, we first thought, well, maybe he was jealous because he, he wanted to be pretty like God, and then we realized, no, he was already pretty. Think about God. He makes everything beautiful. So think, Lucifer was beautiful, right? But remember, we've discovered that he was jealous of relationship. So what is he going to use to distract us from our destiny? He's going to try to sabotage you but see, the cool th part about being you, about us being human, about us having the Word of God, we, He told us. Yes. No, the Bible told us this was going to happen. You're not fighting against people. God has an enemy, but, but Jesus came and did what nothing else could have done, which was He solved the problem of there's going to be a war. Because He said, here's the keys. To victory. Yeah. It's kind of like we've got this luxurious jet outside and we still are riding a tricycle. We have an empowering knowledge. Knowledge is power. But we have a hard time getting our physical man to participate in the knowledge that actually brings about freedom and joy and happiness and abundance. We're, because we're fighting the wrong, I propose we're fighting the wrong spiritual battles. See, 
when something's been resolute within me, it's solid. It's, I know that I know that I know why I'm on the planet, right? It's resolute with it. It's solid within me, right? So it attracts different things. Even the confidence that God, uh, uh, he wants us to have. The confidence he wants us to have attracts something. Right? And so, what was I just saying? Yes. So, your destiny is comes equipped to fight the war against what what's really the war against it's against territory this is this is territory this earth is territory right that's why everybody got excited when i read that scripture last week or one or two weeks ago whenever i read it no is it last week i don't know what day is it if i read that scripture about the warrior ascends remember to do what to break regional strongholds now now, John Paul has the best teaching on stronghold. Let me tell you a couple things from his line. He's uh, from his stronghold is something the enemy uses to keep you from perceiving truth. Wow. Just think, let's think about that statement. Where has he done that to you? A stronghold can't be cast out. Oh, dang. If only we can name it Jesus. Get out of there. A stronghold has to be pulled down. Listen, it says that God is a stronghold. That's a different kind. It's a place I run to. When you are under the shelter of the Most High God, you're still seen. You just can't be reached. We're slowly. I can see it. You're in, you're in a strong tower, a stronghold with him. What allows me to live in this place, because it's not physical, is I have no, no truth, untruth, I mean, no untruth that's in the way. In other words, well, the devil can just get me. No, he can't reach you. And so see, wouldn't you battle different? If you understood that you're meant to take territory with your words and with your prayers and with your ability to understand that what is bound in heaven should not be going on on the earth, period. So when you enter a territory with another person and you see demonic activity, you are meant to exercise your authority from the stronghold of the covering of the Most High, and you can't be touched. But to the degree you believe that, that's the degree that you'll walk in it. See, because I am battling and inviting things into my life that I'm not even meant to battle. And I do it with this mouth of mine. A stronghold is something the enemy uses to keep you from perceiving truth. Think right now really hard. Where is it? 
that truth, people are telling me truth. I see truth all around me. I know it's truth, but I can't believe it. I'm, you have a stronghold. You have a belief that is a lie, not from God. That you have looked at, measured, entertained, spoke about, breathed on, just put your own soul on over and over, focus on, perceived, discussed with other people. And you're blind as a bat, supernaturally speaking. Can't see all around. There's stuff going on. That's why one day we go to work and we're all powerful and we're praying for people and we're taking territory and we're doing it. Man, we're doing the stuff, right? I've been talking to Des room to me about this a long time. And the next day, we're not in our sweet spot and we're like, can't even paint. Can't even put tape on the wall. Can't even see any color. Painting the wrong color. Getting the wrong grout color and stalling this miscolored tile. Why? We were just free over here. We are like, come on, who are we praying for? I mean, you know, she painted that, she did that, and she held that and got that finger. I mean, we just got it all going on. And the next day we're over here. Man, I don't know. Nobody really sees my needs. I mean, are we talking about that at work? (laughs) Is that what work's about? Listen to what BJ says about work a little bit. I've decided to start calling him BJ. I just like that so much better. Don't you like that? I mean, really, this just feels like we know him more, right? Let's pray for Benny. Papa, I just release healing and deliverance right now. We just take our authority right now. We say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be released into freedom. I speak over health, 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 health. In Jesus' name. Part of what keeps a stronghold of the enemy alive is that we place any level of trust on it. We place any level of, I need to achieve it on it. Listen, this comes, this comes about in all kinds of ways. It's, it's the strategy of the enemy. His only strategy, he can't touch you. See, that's okay. Well, anyway, he can't touch you. So his only strategy is to make you perceive he can. And he's got you. And we'll wrangle around. We'll get a headache. And we got a brain tumor. <laughs> Our kids won't be serving God and we're hopeless. Listen, he is a strategic idiot. The enemy, really, and once you begin to see his strategies, he's an idiot. He uses the same stuff all the time. He only can ping you where he knows your destiny lies. Well, let me help you. I doubt that he's, I don't know for sure, because I'm not in your thoughts, but I doubt... Few of y'all in here are like warring, spiritual warfare over, man, I'm, I have, I'm pretty sure I'm a murderer. 
I mean, like I am, look at Gwen, she gave me the calf at Newgate look. <laughs> Just always try to use a really weird thought. Listen, that's how all the thoughts start. They're just so not you. And then you begin to think, maybe that's me. Maybe that is me. Maybe I am going to be alone my whole life. Maybe I can't get a promotion. Maybe I can't work anywhere else. Maybe I can't do. Maybe I can't. Maybe I can't. On and on and on, and I perceive it, and I'm like, yeah, I can't. You step back a little bit, goes on a little bit longer. You mention it to a couple people, your soul especially. It starts feeling the pain, not being loved like you want, people not serving. You see somebody get some birthday presents, you're like, nobody gave me that many birthday presents. Oh, <laughs> they don't love me. And pretty soon, you can't love at all. That's a stronghold. And it has nothing to do with you. It's just a strategy that the enemy has caused you to perceive as reality. Let me read it again. A stronghold is something the enemy uses to keep you from perceiving the truth. What is it for you? What is it that someone said about you and you can't perceive it? God didn't change his mind just because you can't perceive it. He's like, oh, dang, we're going to have to go plan B on that girl because, man, she can't even perceive the truth. So, okay, what do we got? What else we got? Gabriel, what else we got? We got a plan B, <laughs> C, D, what else you got over there? This isn't going to work out. That's the cool part about God is that your destiny never changes. You just perceived it was something else. And then the enemy said, yeah, it was supposed to be that. And who stopped you? And who stopped you? And who stopped you? And then all of a sudden you're mad at a bunch of people for keeping you from this thing you were going to be. And it was the enemy the whole time. And then you're in a war. And God's like, uh... You know, I had an assignment for you today, but clearly we're going to work on something else today. And a day goes by and you miss your assignment and another day goes by. And before you know it, you don't even remember there was supposed to be an assignment. You thought the only hope was life, was, of life was just to feel good. I hope today I feel good all day. I hope today people really treat me well. Listen, your destiny attracts conflict. So whatever you're supposed to disperse, especially if it's something like joy, you're probably going to be met with a bunch of crappy stuff because you're meant to make it turn into joy. You know, it's interesting on Wednesday night, um, I'm sure in the past, I don't know how Cece would have felt about Wednesday night, but she practiced something. So, you know, y'all are all yelling like a bunch of extroverts. And the, sometimes, it's shocking, I know, but sometimes noise bothers her, being a singer and all. And so she was standing there and she was getting bothered in that normal way. And she remembered what I said. 
Now you're meant to war through song. That's what brides do. So what she did was she just repositioned her little self up here in front of the speaker. And she began to sing. And the thought of the sound went away. I don't know if you saw her, but she was over here doing a, doing a rocker. She's pulling a, what's his name? Lou Engel. I was like, oh, Lou Engel's in the house. <laughs> See, you've got to know so much about your assignment. But mostly what it's not. You're, so, you're occupying your time, your energy, your money, stress out on what you're not. You know, Pam, had, God told her years ago, you're supposed to scatter joy. Well, she went through a little season last year. And it was a, it was a really hard season where she had a lot of things that didn't work out. And for a cleric, that's not fun. And we would have these talks. I would be up, Pam. Listen, babe, listen, you are stressed out and you are making it no fun for no one. No fun for no one. Why? Because her focus had become on why are there these problems? I mean, I can just tell you in the design world that we've been working in for 30 years, we rarely have problems. But last year, nothing worked out. Post-COVID, can't buy nothing, can't find nothing, can't find no materials, nothing works out, they don't match, nothing. And you got all these people that just came out of the woodwork that don't know nothing but say that they're a plumber. <laughs> and then they mess everything up. And then on and on and on and on. Well, why did she have that little wilderness season? Because Papa knew we were going to move in here and he knew we were going to go out. And the one wow. thing you have to do to be an evangelist is you have to love yeah. yourself. Because you love others just like you love you. And so that season yielded, we had this conversation just the other day, this extreme joy. And now that it's fun again. So like the other day, she was needed. We have this guy and he needed a special thing done. And we're his special people. He tried to get it done himself, but it didn't work out because we're his special people. In fact, when he sees Christy, he says, oh, your skin. Just just special. We're just special people to him. And so he called Pam. And she called a guy to detect, to go find what the problem was. And they, she was going to call him back to schedule an appointment, and she kept getting a dentist's office. And She'd call back and she'd get the dentist office again. And she'd call back and she'd get the dentist. After she had just talked to the guy previously in the day. And she, her and the dentist office, they would go over. What number are you dialing? Nope. And Pam, on, you know, it's clear on your cell phone which number you're dialing, right? She kept calling it. Kept getting the dentist office. Well, now that would have frustrated Pam last year. The, you know, 2021 Pam would have been upset. But 2022 Pam's like, okay, that's all right. Let me just slide on over here. I'll call another guy. Well, ended up being the best guy ever. Like, Mr. Smooth Skin Guy loves him. It's all working out great. They're over there fixing it today. They're, they came in at a good price. I mean, it's just all just perfect. 
You see how he, the Holy Spirit just wants to kind of bump you around a little bit more. And you're, you're a little bit rigid when, when he touches you on the back. Who is that? He's like, it's me. I thought we had a deal going on. I thought we had it this way. Clearly you're PMSing today and we have to do a different plan. Clearly you've gotten in your soul. You didn't get enough love last week and you're all wrought up. See, we're creating these. I mean, just think about how God looks at you. He's like, oh man, you are, you are so, you're, I'm just so crazy about you. Like you're the center of my affection, God's affection. And so that's why Wednesday night he was like, this bunch of crap, this smallness that you're believing, it is so in the way of my flow. Like it is just stoving up so many things. Get it out of the way. The only way to get it out is to get low. Don't come up with some other plan. Get low. See, and that's the thing you have to understand is that he has a prescribed way to deal with everything you'll encounter. And he put it in a book. You know, that's... Uh, let's let's move on. So one of the things that I talked about earlier was how that Jesus said that all authority had been given to him. And so then he said, go in my authority, his authority. Now that, that word authority is huge, but the, the two things that stand out to me, there's a lot of definitions, but it's number one, it's power choice. Listen, whether you think this way or not, you chose to be here. It was your choice. I know you don't think it was always. You Listen, I was in ministry with someone one time for 10 years. They would say, none of this was my choice. And I was like, no, it was all your choice. You just can't see it. Another stronghold. Right? It's so weird when the enemy comes in to lie. That's the first thing he says. Well, you didn't even choose it. You should laugh at that. Let's laugh at it. (laughs) No one came to your house and put a gun to your head to get in this door today. It was your choice. See, I love Pam. She makes people own their choices. She's meaner than me. She... (laughs) She Listen, the other thing this word authority means is influence... And privilege. That's the kind of authority that we're operating under. The power to choose and the power to have influence and authority. I mean, influence and privilege. That's what authority means. That's just one of the ten definitions I could give you today. So that's the kind of authority that Jesus said, go with that kind of mindset. That kind of power. That's why it doesn't matter how loud you scream or how happy you look or how powerful you look on the inside. If you're a scared little boy on the inside, I mean on the outside, if you're scared on the inside and you have no ability to wield your faith, you will see nothing done. And then you'll say, well, God said, 
Well, God said, no, you don't believe it in here. See, the enemy can detect that you have no internal belief. So you can do a bunch of cool actions. Because see, none of, none of the spiritual warfare is on a natural plane. See, it's all done in the supernatural, in the spirit. So his spirit can see that your spirit does not believe. So you can do a bunch of actions. Somebody can say dance, and you can dance. Somebody can say wave your hand. You say, what? but you don't, you don't have no worship in you. So I can say, go out there and witness it. You can go out there and tell them Jesus loves you, but you've got no love in you. The reason we don't see the greater things done than Jesus is because our internal world doesn't match up with our external actions. And the enemy knows it. And you will not fight this spiritual warfare well. You will not, it's those W words, that you will not Fight this spiritual warfare well if your internal life doesn't measure up with the faith that God gave you. And so when your internal life is so full of strongholds, you're blind to the truth, then you're doing outward actions to perform. Let's read it again. Performance says you must continuously strive to be better than you are. Can you see it now? It says, fear causes us to take short breaths and live small lives. It tells us that it's okay to stay in our comfort zone. It's not. To do the greater works of Jesus, you are going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel like it's not my choice. It's not. It was his choice to bring you here. Now, you didn't even have anything to do with that. Now, whether you choose to obey is all your choice. He can't force you. See, everything about God comes down to what I'll obey. We all want to be some big boss somewhere, and we can't even obey on the smallest level. Listen, how do you think God checks character? What's his method? What's his method? Do you think you need character to make an impact? Does anybody think they need character to make an impact? Well, how is God going to measure your character and how is he going to increase it? What's he going to use? You know, Bill Johnson, BJ tells this cool story where he was at this restaurant and he sat down and there was a $100 bill on the table. And he said he had this thought, oh, the Lord provides. And he said, Chris Valton came after going to the bathroom and he saw the $100 bill. And he was like, oh my gosh, look, they blessed the waitress. Now, I don't even know if this really happened, but it's a good story. And he yelled at the, hey, somebody left you $100. What a blessing. He said, the same thing was sitting on the table. And we had two different responses to it. He said, I didn't take the money, but I could have. I had a perceived reality that was off. Chris saw it and knew it was not his in any shape or form. That's how God tests character. Do you see money laying around? Are you like, ooh, blessing? Do you see something laying around that's not yours? Oh, I'll borrow that. Now, probably hardly anybody in here does that, but we do it in other ways. You know, I say he starts on the toilet paper roll. Such a difficult one, especially if you live by yourself. 
to even change your own toilet paper roll where you live by yourself. See, we perform when we think somebody will see it. But character is you would do it whether anybody would see it or not, just out of a value. And see, he has to check that. Because, see, his anointing can only rest on character. Otherwise, it would crush you. Otherwise, you would take it and bite hot dogs. My dad's calling me right now. Preaching, Dad. <laughs> Told you I'd be preaching this time. <laughs> he has to have a way to measure a character. Now, when, when you're growing up, think about how that was measured in your family. And see, now that you're older, you have to do it yourself. You have to parent yourself. You have to have a requirement within yourself because there's no one now that can force it. No one can force you. We can talk about all these amazing miracles and signs and wonders and all doing this stuff and all that, but do you even know the word? No one can be at home going, are you reading the word? Are you in the word? Do you know any word? Well, that you, you, you can't even operate in spiritual warfare without the word. Listen to me. It is impossible to win a spiritual warfare war without the word. Because it's the truth that the enemy can't cross. So don't even attempt. Don't even attempt to act like that you're going to be good at spiritual warfare and you don't know anything about the word. I have five things. See, I didn't get to my dress. Can I just read these really fast? What time is it anyway? Oh, good. Okay, I've got, I've got six, six tools of this war. Are you ready? Yeah. I do have slides for these. Do you see them? Look at me. He's like, you do? Let me, let's see. They're all the way down on number doo, 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 20. <coughs> got it? 20. The first one is knowing my identity and assignments. I talked about this last week. Listen, your identity is not what you do. It's who you are. I am. I am. I am. I am. Now see, with we spent all last year telling you what that afforded you. A whole bachelor of inheritance. However well, last year you believed that. We're not, I, I have this thing, I don't go back. You're welcome. Anyway, that was a precursor to this year. We were out here cleaning the other day and Cheryl found the 2020 word. Remember what it was? Sad for y'all. Yes, removing the scales and... Sad for y'all. See that we remember what 2020 was about? Yes. Remember what 2020 was about? It was COVID. Yes. Removing the scales. Why did we need that? What? Yeah, and warring from victory. Why why did we need that? That was in 2020. That's old wineskin. If you're not operating any of that, the stuff I'm saying today is right over your head. 
And you're going, oh, I don't think I can do that. No, you can't. Because, see, you can't do it with the scales on. You can't do it with the, with the inability to understand you've already, the victory's already been won. And last year was about all the goods. We're going to need this inheritance to do our destiny. And it's the ability for you to believe that. That's why smallness looks weird in March of 2022. February, whatever it is. It looks weird. It looks weird on a bunch of powerful people. Like, what are you doing? Right? And so now this inheritance carries with it this understanding that uh, who I am, I'm a daughter, and I have this amazing substance to work with. In fact, it's unlimited. I, I, in my lifetime, I want to use all the stuff God provided for me to use on earth. I don't want to be held back. Acting like he needs to do another thing. We need another Jesus. We need another resurrection. We need another Acts 2 moment. We need another family that, you know, we can provide for. We need, we need, we need. No, it's already been done. He's not going to do another gig. So it's my ability to walk into this. And if I don't know it, if I don't know the word, if I don't know things, number two is praying in the spirit. What, when does it say to pray in the spirit? At all times. How close are we to that? I mean, I'm just quoting the word. If you want to do good spiritual warfare, you better have your tongues right on your tongue. It better be under your breath. You need to put a sticker on your phone. It's every five minutes, praying tongues, praying tongues. You need It needs to be a weapon of warfare. I propose to you, the more you pray in the Spirit, the more you see supernaturally. Do you think the supernatural turns off just because you checked out and didn't think about it? Is a pee, pee, pee. I mean, it's going on. It's going on all the time. It's going on all the time. There's galaxies. You don't even, billions. There's stuff going on in the heavenlies all the time, right? God was just looking for a moment in time to find a Jack Boone to stick on the planet right now, to co-labor with him and just say, let's go to on cue. Now, if she'd gone to on cue and didn't get out of the car, well, she couldn't have done that. She couldn't have done that because Pam was there. But she may have had chicken butt in her. I don't know. Right? You may feel so powerful, right? Right? And get to the moment. Now, Pam, she has no chicken butt in her, so that's why you should all go with her at least once. Everybody should go, all you even non-goer people. Why? Because it gives you courage to see that everybody's human. Everybody's in need. I mean, Haley, she got rejected and it didn't kill her. Look, she still came back. I'm pretty sure she thought she would die a miserable death if someone rejected her. And the lady was like, no. No, we don't want that. Idiot. And Haley's like, it's okay. wasn't fatal look at her she is still alive today number three is declaring the word over the situation if you don't know the word and you don't believe the word listen help yourself out don't try to memorize the entire bible 
Try to pick a word from the Bible that goes along with your assignment. Right? My first scripture I learned when I was a little girl was Isaiah 41, 10, fear not. Why? Because I knew to do what he called me to do, I was going to have to learn not to fear. It wasn't, the goal wasn't just to be able to quote the scripture. The goal was actually to not fear. It, I, I embraced it as a commandment as opposed to a possibility. Now, miracles are a possibility and a commandment. Jesus demonstrated the small ones we could do. And then he said, greater ones. So that means those ones like raising people from the dead and healing all manner of sicknesses. Those are common miracles. There's the greater works that we've been called to do. And he left the the Holy Spirit empowerment to do that. Number four is to not be moved out of your position due to a problem. This is your number one. Most of y'all. The problem is the assignment. Listen, the problem is the assignment for the moment. What's the assignment? To breathe on it with your authority, with your influence, with your power to choose. I don't feel like y'all got that at all. Don't be moved out of your position. Don't get in and out of your sweet spot all day long. You just look like this to the Holy Spirit. He's like, where are we? Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I can count on you. You need me to help you. I can count on you. One's given out and one's taken in. I propose we've come a little, we've become a little gluttonous. Become a little fat baby. <laughs> Amy Grant. Anybody? Yeah. Amy Grant? Yeah. Okay, got a couple. Yeah. Right? We've taken in so much, it's time to give out. Yes. And when we begin to give out, that gives us something to refine. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's great. Oh, no, don't do that. That's weird. Yeah, that's perfect. Listen, you're not trying to measure what you're doing now with anything else. I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? You're new. You're different. We get so stuck in wanting to regurgitate the past. Let me tell y'all, it is done, gone, dead. Done, gone, and dead. Done, gone, dead. Done, gone, dead. Done, gone, dead. Done, gone, dead. It is dead, 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 dead. It is so dead that if he did catapult you back there, you would feel strange. You would be going, what? I've so evolved past this and I did not know it. Right? Number five is you have to stay connected to your prophetic community. Why? Because God tells the prophet stuff first. Listen, he may give you a black Adam to paint 
and you may have to just sit on it and it be in your closet until God's time to release it, but it doesn't really matter. You don't get to decide its trajectory. But if you're going to say, well, I painted a black out three years ago and nothing happened with it. This is just a breezy analogy. Then you won't paint again. I have been saying for so many years, artists paint stuff, paint stuff, paint stuff, paint stuff, paint stuff. We have no inventory. We have nothing. And see, if we don't do that, we don't have anything prophetically to show where it's going. This house is a house of various kinds of creative outputs, period. That's what we are. Whatever area of creativity, it doesn't mean that you have to have a paintbrush in your hand. We already uh, answered that with CC's word with the, uh, with the thing looked at, the thing observed. That's creativity. We don't want to limit what he wants to do through warring correctly. Listen, I don't want to waste, I wasted so many years warring wrongly. It had nothing to do with me. It was just modeled. Let's get in there and sweat and scream. I'm done sweating and screaming. Now somebody else might be called a sweat and scream. I'm so good with that. You probably need to. Some of y'all probably need to sweat and scream and you think we're soaking. If you don't know who you are, you're going you're gonna to just take on an attribute that you just saw that helps you stay in your smallest place. It's not challenging. It doesn't put you out of your comfort zone. Make sure that you just keep face and they don't have anything to do with nothing. See, in a prophetic community, there's all kinds of pieces of the puzzle that you have to spiritually war over. Why would you want me to do all of that? Not saying you do, but some of y'all are. But it's not my role. Honestly, my role is just to equip you to go do stuff. Honestly, that's the truth. I'm just throwing the puzzle pieces out there, and I'm saying this makes a picture. You better go find out how. This is what we're doing right now. You better get in there and do it. It's not, I didn't ask your opinion. Papa didn't ask my opinion. The Holy Spirit just said, will you say it? And I'm like, sure. I mean, half the stuff that Cece gets, she doesn't even know what it means. Do you know what it's like? No, you don't. To get up here and say something that you have no idea if it's really good or not, or if it's really truth or not, and there's just some other person going, you've got to say it. It doesn't matter how you feel, filler. When am I supposed to feel? When am I not? Is there not a real book, a handbook, something? Let's write a book. Let's buy a book. We've tried all those things. We bought the book on feelers and it didn't help. See, it just doesn't help because it's relational. Please, everything is relational. Doing the soundboard is relational. Everything's relational. It's about how can I relate with him and he gets all involved and I just push the button. I don't even have to be looking at it. So if I'm not connected, 
And listen, you know if you're connected. Wouldn't one of the strategies of the enemy make you feel disconnected? Wouldn't one of the things that God would require in your character is that you do it anyway? Wouldn't it? Listen, seriously, I spent 13 years in ministry with someone who all they would say all the time is, I didn't choose this. And guess what? There came a day where she chose not to do the thing she said she didn't choose, and, and she's gone. She's out of the ministry. It was strategic by the enemy. I know what she carried. I have another friend that we spent years with that God awakened her prophetic gift and song. But her mom always wanted her to own a horse farm. Guess what? Where do you think she is today? She's not in prophetic music. She owns a horse farm. Even though God breathed on it away, and her encounter for him to awaken this prophetic gift of song was that she had a stroke. God didn't give her a stroke. But that showed me she was outside her realm. And see, your assignment didn't come from you. He didn't get your approval on it. You didn't get to vote. But let me tell you, when you get to the place where I am, it's a privilege. It's just a privilege to be in the room. When his presence falls down and Judy's doing her stomp and war dance move. It's just a privilege because what she's doing, she's warring for something I can't do for myself yet. She's warring for something that she feels in her spirit is coming and we got to prepare for. She's warring and she's demonstrating. If you don't feel good, do what she did. If you don't know how to war in the supernatural, do what she did. She's demonstrating. People up here are demonstrating stuff to you all the time. My last one on this is we have to have flexibility in our expressions of these truths. Quit judging somebody that's screaming and running around. Quit judging somebody that's soaking. Quit quit judging people. (laughs) Lord. Listen, my job, my calling, my assignment is to give truth. And truth within itself has the power to unlock you from chains. The chains were not made by me. They were not made by God. They are just, you're the only one that's chained. I'm not chained. I'm not chained to you. Your chains do not affect me. You know, when Allie sent that thing out, she actually sent it to Lynn, and Lynn sent it to me. I was actually in the room with her, I think, when she got it. And I I have to pull it up because I loved it so much. And I challenged Allie to send it to the entire tribe, which she did. But I loved it because at the very end of what she wrote, she said, I am Alakai, the daughter of Yahweh. That is all you need. That is all you need to know. That is all you need. You are.
the daughter. You are the son of Yahweh and everything else and every place else he sends you, you have authority to take it. And it's time that we walk in that power. Come on, Mendel. So good. So good. So on Wednesday night, this incredible night we had Wednesday, um, I went in pre-service prayer and, and worship. I heard this phrase prophetically, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Now, I know that's a movie. This is, this is an example of what she just shared with you, right? I was like, wait, what? <clears throat> so, yeah, I wasn't feeling cool at the time. But I was like, what? Um, but I know that's a movie, but I don't, and I saw the movie. It's been a long time. I don't even remember what happened in the movie. So this isn't to reference to the movie. Okay. It was a prophetic thing I heard. And so the prophetic process is then I go and search out a matter and my process of how I, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. And you're welcome. It's okay. It's okay. Say what you want. Say what you want. So my process of discover of searching out a matter, I have to trust is led by the Holy Spirit. Okay. So it doesn't mean that there's not some other meaning out there, but what the Holy Spirit tells me when I'm searching it out is what matters. And so what I, I had just a few minutes to search out the matter. And so I came, I discovered that that phrase actually goes back to like the mid, like 550 something AD. That is a, it's a Chinese idiom of some kind. And so what it essentially means is that there are powerful people who are crouching down and are hidden away. That's almost the exact paraphrase is that there's powerful people crouching down and hidden away. Now, I had no idea what was coming Wednesday night after that, but it made a lot of sense afterwards. And I... In my um, searching process, uh, the little article that I read about that statement, was con it connected that phrase to another parable in Chinese history that basically talked about um, a tiger is powerful when it's on the mountain because that's where it belongs. And so I'm seeing the connection here tonight, or today, this morning, whatever time of day it is, that of, about our position and so in other words, a tiger, when it wasn't on the mountain, wasn't as strong as a tiger is meant to be. And so we have so much to be grateful for, to be taught in this house about what our place is. And that, you know, Papa's relentless to continue to give us messages to get us in position. Because what I'm realizing is that no matter what you think your strengths are, Okay, or the things you've come up with and learned from life experience or the world has said were your strengths, those will not be strong unless you're in your position. And God's God-given strengths for you won't be strong unless you're in your position. And so we have so much to be grateful for for Wednesday night that we were called out of our places of crouching down or hiding away because we are all a powerful people. And the, the um, Chinese message there was also that it was bad for the kingdom if the powerful people in the kingdom were crouching down and hidden away. So, I mean, the Holy Spirit is on this. That was a divine correction for us Wednesday night. 
and he's so on it. And I just, I just am so grateful that we have a place. I just want to say, Papa, thank you that you made a place for us where we would discover our place, where we would be refined to know our place. And I thank you for the voice that you gave us the voice that you gave us to, to declare it, to continue to speak it over us, to stand by it, no matter what we're speaking against it, that you gave a voice at this point in time for such a time as this, intersected our lives for such a time as this, to hear someone saying, this is your place, this is your place, this is your place, that's not your place, this is your place, this is your place. So I just thank you, Papa, for the voice in Tisa who you've provided in all of our lives to continue to say, this is your position, this is your place where you are, will be strong, where you will operate in your strength. And so I just thank you for that, Papa. And we speak a, a blessing over her today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay